0: what is up y'all my name is Kristen my name is Sarah and welcome to the red rum and red wine podcast
1: Welcome back to part two of the disappearance of JJ and Tylee Vallow. Um, So sorry it's taken so long for those of you who were holding your breath, just waiting for this. I I apologize. Some difficult things happened in my life. So finishing part two came um, as a struggle, but we're here. We're here to finish it, wrap it up um if you listened to part one thank you if you haven't go check it out um if you listened to it and like forgot everything I talked about that's totally fine um I will do a short recap here um and then get into part two so um Kristen nice. do you have any like questions before we start I don't know
0: yeah what happened about- again
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, so in part one, I discussed basically the unfolding of the disappearances of seven-year-old Joshua Jackson, a.k.a. J.J. Vallow, mm-hmm. and 16-year-old Tylee Ryan Vallow. J.J. J. was Tylee's adoptive brother, and they both lived with their mother, Lori Vallow. Um, she had divorced from her most recent husband, and so... We learned in part one that Lori had been married multiple times and the divorce from her most recent husband, Charles Vallow, was um, kind of like when her strange behavior started Mm. and, you know, one of the main reasons for the divorce was because Lori gained a huge interest in, um, you know, in my opinion, it's like weird conspiracy beliefs, but in her mind it was you know legit religious like happenings she believed in but for example she believed in like doomsday apocalyptic type of stuff the end of the world second coming you know she believed she was an exalted goddess who needed to marry chad daybell to fulfill some prophecy
0: and didn't chad work for whatever church or something or other or like was it chad church.
1: yes well he they shared the background of the lds faith but he most recently was an author writing oh, about yeah. doomsday mm-hmm. stuff and he would go speak at conferences these religious conferences and that's actually how him and Lori ended up meeting yeah and i think that was back in like 2018 Lori, another just strange belief I think I mentioned in part 1 was that she believed um in like people zombies. Um she mentioned how she believed even her own children to be zombies and so basically this new interest in the doomsday, all these strange beliefs is what led her to meeting Chad Daybell like I like I said and um Yeah, we found out in part one, he has a huge part of this story and has a huge role, basically, um, as much as he may Uh want to deny it Uh in the end. JJ and Tylee both went missing in like around September, basically both in the month of September of 2019. They were announced officially missing persons by the FBI or sorry, the Rexburg police in December of 2019 And um, so they were living with Lori in Rexburg, Idaho at the time, which was where they moved after living in Arizona to be closer to Chad Daybell. When they were announced as missing persons, Chad and Lori were definitely persons of interest. And at that time, they were like living their best lives in Hawaii. They literally were evading and... Did not show any care or interest in the fact that their children seemed to be missing. Um, They would throw out claims and tell their neighbors and friends that, you know, the children were safe somewhere else. Basically, they'd say, oh, they're with their grandmother um, or, oh, they're fucking at school or whatever. I also mentioned in part one how uh, four states were involved in the investigation, Arizona, Utah, Idaho, and Hawaii, just because those are the states that they all lived across and traveled through during this um, investigation. Jesus. So there are a lot of moving parts and elements to this case. Not only do we have two children missing, but... Throughout the story, we've had multiple deaths that just seem too coincidental.
0: In yeah, part one,
1: I mentioned how um, the Laurie's most recent husband he ended up getting shot by Laurie's brother in "quote unquote" self-defense, and a lot that was just sketchy. And then Chad's ex-wife, who he's married to with a long time and had several children with. Like just randomly dies in her sleep of quote unquote natural causes, and there are just other deaths as well. like I don't even think I mentioned in part one that Tylee's birth father passed away in twenty eighteen of like a heart attack and oh, it pro- it probably has nothing to do with you know the, yeah, this this case just like, that's a but series it's still of it's just events. like there are like several deaths surrounding this family, and this like part of their lives um and i also sorry i'm like trying to fucking get on track chugga chugga
0: (laughs) choo 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 motherfucker
1: i did talk a lot about Lori and chad's background in part one and basically how everything led up to the children go missing going missing Um, And so I did watch a documentary for this. It was like a three-part series on Mm -hmm. Amazon. And I do apologize because my timeline, I feel like it got kind of messed up just because I was following a little bit of the timeline in the documentary. And they reveal stuff kind of later on when the documentary is being filmed that was actually happening earlier on in the investigation. So I will be mentioning some stuff in part two that happened, um, like, earlier on. And mm-hmm. I'll just, like, hopefully it's not confusing. Kristen, if you have any questions or if it's confusing, just please let me know.
0: Oh, you know <laughs> me. I will ask. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so
1: where we left off on in part one was the, um, the Rexburg court gave Laurie a five-day notice and deadline to bring in J.J. and Tylee to the court to like just basically prove that they're okay that deadline had passed she missed it and Kay J.J.'s grandmother who I talked a lot about in part one and I'll talk more about or I'll just mention her again her and Larry were J.J.'s grandparents Um, and they were
0: uh J.J.'s biological grandparents weren't they? Because it was like the sister or something. Charles Ballow's sister gave birth to JJ,
1: but she had her own problems and couldn't take care of him. So for a while, Kay and Larry took care of JJ, but then Laurie and Charles adopted him. And that was when he was like three yeah. And um after Charles and Lori got divorced, Lori kept him but actually they shared like custody until mm-hmm. he died. So yeah. um so Kay is like they very much care about J.J., their blood, but they also truly care when news gets out that Tylie's missing, they very much care for her safety as well.
0: Yeah. Blood or not, I mean. Yeah,
1: so um, where we left off was after that deadline, Kay and Larry held a press conference, um, basically just pleading to the camera and asking Lori to just show them the kids, let, let them know that they're okay. God.
0: That, like, gives me chills. And then for them, because I... had to look up some photos for part one they look so happy in Hawaii and that's what frustrates me even more is like and they were posting this shit on Facebook it's like how can you be so thoughtless and they're in their own
1: bubble they're lovey-dovey they literally don't care
0: it is so disgusting and I'm like the those are your freaking children it's shocking what the extent that some parents will go to
1: the lack of cooperation by lori um and you know chad by association i guess was astounding to and not only investigators but literally everyone who is the media who is helping track them down and trying to get words out of them everyone so the investigation and attempt to locate the kids obviously doesn't stop it goes on i'm going to rewind a few weeks before the deadline Lori had to bring in the kids to court um, mm-hmm. because like i said i was following the kind of sh- show and i don't this is something that should have been in part one but whatever here it is so remember the deadline was january 30th 2020 mm-hmm. it was issued on the 25th because Lori had the five days so on january 3rd 2020 Fremont County Detectives, um, Rexburg Police, and Forensic Unit from the FBI executed a search warrant at the Daybell home. Now, remember, Chad and Lori are away in Hawaii still. Yeah. At the time, uh, two of Chad's sons lived there. So, it was the property that Chad lived with with his um, previous late wife, Tammy, with their children. Mm -hmm. So, right now, two of his sons live there. The home was searched as well as a shed that's on the property, and at one point they had metal detectors and probes and rakes were also used to go over several portions of the yard.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Officers, <clears throat> sorry, officers removed 43 items from the Daybell home um, during this raid, which included items like computers, cell phones, journals, documents, medications. Um, And all of this was sent for forensic examination. This raid on the Daybell home not only had to do with J.J. and Tylee, but apparently on the warrant or part of the reasoning was also due to the suspicious death of a person or persons not specified in the source. So it could have been, I don't know, Tammy, Charles... Because, like, multiple people died um, in that location, JK didn't they? Dude, well, that's fucking messed it, up. They could have been suspected for having a part in any of it, mm. you know? So, also in January of 2020, as La- Lori and Chad, <laughs> Lad, <laughs> are hiding in Hawaii, Colby Ryan, which you may or may not remember from part one, I don't. He's Laurie's first child from one of her first marriages that I barely mentioned because I don't know, like he just wasn't in the picture or at least mentioned in sources Mm -hmm. during the whole JJ and Tylee situation. Um, But he is the older half brother to JJ and Tylee who, you know, I briefly mentioned in part one at some point in January, he posted a seven minute long video on YouTube pleading lori to just cooperate and to like safely return jj and and entirely just to you know put everyone's mind at ease to just do the right thing um he said quote i know you what i know you know what the right thing to do is and i know you have a good heart it's time to do the right thing unquote
0: I did. I don't know if you mentioned in part one or if you're going to mention later. Do we ever? Do you ever talk about like? Is she diagnosed with any type of mental illness or she just straight up I one will day?
1: Briefly mention her mental state later. Yeah. Um. But not necessarily any diagnosis.
0: Damn. I really wonder because I mean, I I don't really it doesn't seem like she everything was like perfect in dandy. but for the call most me part, old fashioned, seemed...
1: but i think it might be like a certain level of a mid midlife crisis
0: yeah yeah i could see that and then like Mixed the church, with other components of course the, but when you sorry i'm not really trying to drag churches but some <laughs> churches when you go into certain mentalities like yeah i can definitely lead people to, to do some crazy shit or think some crazy things and you you mix love into
1: the picture and um i don't specifically remember what i mentioned in part 1 as far as greed goes but there's definitely greed and so it's it's a messy picture. yeah cuz she
0: was she was pissed about the husband or the ex-husband taking her off the life Yeah so insurance policy. i did mention
1: that Charles Vallo changed his life insurance policy into Kay's name because he, if anything went wrong or if there was some kind of custody battle, like, he just knew that Kay and Larry would have a good chance of having JJ at least in in their custody, and he wanted them to have money to take care of him because he was autistic and would need most likely lifelong
0: care, so... I just wish he would have fucking told Lori. I wish he would have just been like, hey, your off the life insurance policy You will never get any of this money. Like, it may have saved his life. It's just, oh. Right. Ugh. <laughs> tell your exes or tell your family members <laughs> <laughs> that you are taking them off because it will deter Yeah. Unless, I don't know, they tried to use violence to get them back on, but... (sighs) No one's safe. No one's safe. No one.
1: Later on January 25th is when Lori gets served a warrant in Hawaii to show face in Rexburg with her kids. So I'm just going down the timeline now Mm -hmm. from kind of January. The next day on the 26th, her and Chad's townhome is searched... And I did mention this in part one. Um, you know, they found like two yoga mats, two bath or two, um, beach oh, towels. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. there were no signs of children living there, much less like four people. Mm-hmm. Um, her vehicle was also, Lori's vehicle or their vehicle was also searched. And they found some of like Tylee's belongings, I think. Um, like an id or an ipad or something but other than that there's no signs of the children and then you know january 30th the deadline hits and there's no lori at this point in the documentary um they showed larry and kay going to visit a storage unit that we find out lori purchased on october 1st of 2019 mm. Police actually obtained a search warrant for the storage unit back on November 26th, which was the day after they did a welfare check on JJ at Lori's apartment in Rexburg when no one was home. And this is like that welfare check that kind of started the whole missing persons case because police go do the welfare check, no one was home, or it was when just Alex and um Chad were there, but Lori and the kids weren't there, so the police come back the next day and the apartment was empty. And that day is when they had a search warrant for the home and also the storage unit. Damn. The warrant called for seizure of any evidence that the boy was residing at any of these residences and or evidence of foul play or the commission of a crime mm-hmm. and or evidence of the child's current location. And remember, Kay and Larry were the ones who called the police for the welfare check. Mm -hmm. When they searched the storage unit, they found basically it was full of children's items, bicycles, a scooter, winter clothing, a photo album with pictures of JJ and Tylee, sports equipment, a backpack with JJ's initials. And a jersey with Colby Ryan, the older brother I just mentioned, mm-hmm. his name on it. There were also blankets, like, those um, those blankets you can order um, and customize with, like, pictures. There was, like, one for JJ with just, like, pictures of JJ and, like, his friends and family. Then one of Tylee's pictures of her and, mm-hmm. like, Yeah. This was a pretty devastating or and or eye-opening discovery for investigators because, you know, they're in the storage unit. They're like, okay, here is all of the kids'
0: stuff, but where are they? You and know? it's been in there probably since they got it in fucking October. Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: Um, and in the documentary... It showed, like, before Larry and Kay went to the storage unit, it showed them calling the landlord of Lori's apartment to ask if they had left anything behind Mm -hmm. because JJ had this scooter that was his absolute favorite. He would never, like, leave or move and leave it behind. And so the landlord told them if there was some stuff left behind, I don't remember seeing a scooter, but we usually donate the items that we can at the like nearby thrift store, the -hmm. other stuff goes in the dump. So in a long shot of finding this scooter, Larry and Kay go to the nearby thrift store, but it wasn't there. But I, there was a scooter in the storage unit. So, um, and you know, I think one of the reasons why they end up going to the storage unit later in January is, well, not that I think it's, it, it adds up okay because Mm -hmm. um laurie's payment her card got declined several times in january Mm -hmm. and at that point the items become abandoned and because the items were also part of an investigation they were abandoned but dependent on the investigation and i think the items finally got um released to the family so i think that's why larry and Kay Uh end up going to the storage unit in january
0: yeah because they'll that's where the one show on like history or whatever the lot wars or not lot wars but they literally go the storage unit wars or storage storage unit wars yeah Yeah. and they'll yeah that's kind of you like like, i know because you take like a quick glance you're not allowed to look in but then like sometimes they find some really cool shit right it's like We should go do that. Just when we're bored one day. Right. Like $5. (laughs) Right.
1: $30 (laughs) max. Yeah. Self Storage Plus was the name of the storage unit place where Lori's unit was. And they were very helpful um, with investigators by providing surveillance footage of when Lori purchased the unit on October 1st, 2019. It shows Lori with a man also visiting the unit nine times throughout October and also once in November. The man with Lori appears to be her brother, Alex, Alex Cox, who I mentioned in part one, who also ended up
0: dying. Yeah, I was about to say, wasn't it like of a heart attack too or something? It, it
1: ended up being like a
0: clot, a blood clot. Mm. It Karma. Was, you know,
1: natural causes. But still, like, suspicious, like, all these people dying close to this, this, um, like, these, this couple. This couple, whatever.
0: yeah.
1: Another visit, um, the footage shows Alex and a other man who appears to be Chad Daybell. And then during one visit, Chad and Lori are shown visiting the, the unit together. So, hmm. Apparently, like I mentioned, Lori's card got declined in January and that's when the items became abandoned and Kay and Larry, I guess, went to retrieve them. Mm -hmm. On February 20th, 2020, Kauai police arrest Lori on a $5 million warrant. And this warrant was out of Madison um, County, Idaho, which is, like, where Rexburg is, I guess. Mm. I'm not sure when they released the warrant or when they issued it. That's my bad, but Lori was being charged with two felony counts of desertion and non-support of dependent children. Also charged with arrests and seizures, resisting or obstructing officers, Criminal solicitation to commit a crime and contempt of court. Willful disobedience of court process or order, each count carries a maximum penalty of 14 years in prison. Lori's bond was set to $5 million. And, um, she could not afford that,
0: <laughs> so <Yeah>. she- <laughs> don't worry, girl. I wouldn't be able to either. Uh, like, you know, understandably like who but would these she days? made
1: several her and her, I guess lawyer made several attempts to lower the bond Ew. immediately after her arrest. Um, But after I think like three to five days passed by and she couldn't get her bond lowered, she got set for extradition back to Idaho from Hawaii.
0: Oh, damn. Well, I'm happy about that.
1: So Chad is still a free man. He hasn't been arrested But Mm -hmm. he's still a person of interest. Mm -hmm. Um, As Lori's arrested and getting prepared to be extradited to Idaho, he is preparing to go to Idaho as well. So Mm -hmm. apparently, as he's in the process of leaving Hawaii, he encounters some media, and he gives some comments, which is kind of surprising to me. He gave brief comments to ABC News He said the kids are safe, (laughs) but wouldn't expand any further. I'm sorry, I'm laughing, but I'm just like I know, I know, I I know everything and what happens, and I'm just like these people are insane.
0: I know. (sighs) According to to not the last, sorry, sorry, I've been doing that the last few episodes and like working on it, but anytime I hear something that is so ridiculous, you are going to get the most awkwardest of laughs from me because like yeah how. How?
1: And I'm feeling kind of hyped up right now just because I was really dreading finishing part two of the story because it's depressing and yeah. it's it hap- me having to write the notes and finish a story all happened at a hard time in my life and it was just tough. And But right now, you know, it deserves to be talked about. These children need justice and I'm on a roll, but that also means I'm kind of hyped up and I laugh when i'm uncomfortable so
0: yeah so sorry deal with it like comment subscribe
1: according to abc news chad told his neighbors in hawaii that the kids were safe again i don't know much more than that but lori returns to rexburg and is finally extradited on march 5th 2020 and she makes her first court appearance the next day march 6th And apparently the courthouse was crowded with people because by this time, this story was huge in the media. It was huge everywhere. It was insane. So the courthouse was crowded with apparently hundreds of people trying to get into the courtroom. Um, Larry and Kay were there. So, it was their first time seeing Lori in about a year. in yeah. per- Like, I, not even in person. Like, I don't think they had, you know, even talked to her or seen her on FaceTime or anything. Mm. Also, um, just something really fucking sad. When Lori was apprehended, Kay and Larry and their lawyer filed... For full custody of J.J. and Tylee. Oh, no. For when they were found.
0: I'm really trying not to cry right now. That.
1: Yeah. Sorry, it took me, like, three minutes to say a short sentence, but... My chest is... Compressed.
0: That's a a hard feeling to feel. Yeah. Especially, like, because we... Most of the people that have heard of this case know how it ends so it is that is rough because they still have so much hope and i mean like any any family would but that is you know
1: yeah i mean because now that Lori's in custody kay and larry other family and friends the investigators the whole fucking public and media are hoping that Lori will talk and just fucking open her mouth and say what she knows about the whereabouts of her children, JJ and Tylee. But does that happen? No. The courtroom would gasp as Chad Daybell walked in. Of course, there to support Lori. And, you know, it's just... It shows some... A little bit of balls, I guess, because...
0: Or stupidity.
1: Or stupidity, you know. I think you have to be a little stupid to have balls, but...
0: Yeah, um, a little bit of a- <laughs> Just a little bit.
1: Um, but, you know, he's a person of interest. He's not separated from this investigation at all. Yeah. But he shows face, and he he shows... He's... I guess, not concerned
0: That's really with his opinion. situation.
1: But yeah. in the documentary, it showed that a little bit of footage from this hearing. It wasn't like a major court hearing. It was just her first appearance in court to kind of set the um, standards or whatever she was mm-hmm. expected for. But it showed in the documentary that lori and chad just like looking at each other from across the courtroom and she just like would kind of just like whisper things and it was just almost you know they're in their own little bubble it was as if they were the only two there in the courtroom like it was kind of gross
0: but it is gross
1: during this hearing lori's bail did get reduced to one million dollars um But nor her or Chad had that money, (laughs) so she remained in jail due to not being able to post bond.
0: Um,
1: So I guess maybe Chad wasn't her savior after all. Mm-mm. <laughs> because where's all his book money, baby? <laughs> yeah,
0: dude, my savior has to at least be able to b- bail me out of jail. Like, right, take minimum out a requirement.
1: MFing loan, please? Yeah, I'm worth Anything.
0: it. I'm fucking worth it. If you're showing face in court and whispering sweet nothings over me, like, ew.
1: So, like I said, everyone's hoping Lori will now open her mouth, but she doesn't. She actually denies all charges and claims innocence and is basically muzzled, does not fucking talk. Mm. Although Lori is apprehended, investigators and prosecutors are still trying to locate J.J. and Tylee. Their investigating is not done, and I'm sure they are trying to build a better case or a stronger case against Chad. On March 20th, 2020, investigators decide to release a photo they had found, um, like, a few months previous, I think. Basically, they had gained access to Lori's iCloud at some point earlier Mm. and found a photo, and they released it to the public in hopes that they would be able to help the FBI... In um basically aiding in their timeline i guess because the photo they re- <laughs> the photo they released is huge it provides a clue already about a timeline but they wanted extra information mm-hmm. um Kristen, i should have like texted it to you but i can show you on my tablet unless it'll look weird in the video i don't care it's a photo of Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. J.J. and Tylee and Uncle Alex Cox at Yellowstone National Park on September 8th, 2019. That day, September 8th, 2019, is the last known sighting of Tylee. Oh, shit. And that's why this picture is huge. Um, so, you know, Lori, JJ, Tylee, and Alex go to Yellowstone, I think, just for the day. It's about a two-hour drive um, north, I think, of Rexburg. Mm-hmm. And um, we see this photo. I think there's another photo of just Lori and JJ taken. Um, but the FBI basically asked anyone... In the public, if you were at Yellowstone on that day, please check your photos to see if you captured the family, or um, you know, in the background or whatever, or if you remember seeing them, like let us know. They just wanted to know, basically, they wanted any detail they could get, you know, that could be helpful, but. In my opinion, it sounds like they wanted to know maybe if anything happened at the park that day because um, park cameras show the family entering the park, but there's not cameras at the exit. So we don't see if the whole family left together or not.
0: Yeah.
1: It's a little suggestive, but
0: my opinion. You don't have like bodies at that point point you don't have anyone right. There, liter- so any right there so anything to look is possible in every aspect yeah anything is possible at this point you're obviously right. hoping to find them alive but I mean you, yeah. you just have to think and I tried to find
1: out a little bit if the last known sighting of Tylie was at Yellowstone or if it was just that day maybe after Yellowstone somewhere but mm-hmm. it seems pretty much like Yellowstone was the last sighting but yeah She, You know, if she's with her family, then who knows what the last hiding was. Meanwhile, the same day, September 8th, 2019, we find out that Chad Daybell and his previous wife, Tammy Daybell, who is still alive at this point, submitted an application to increase Tammy's life insurance policy to the maximum amount
0: that's just like how as a spouse do you go about that without looking like you want to murder the fuck out of them
1: and i'm so sorry i don't remember what date she died but i'm it wasn't like long after that i don't think so no if someone is asking
0: one to take out a life insurance policy on me and like be the person i'm like immediately no immediately calling the cops illegal like should be illegal to even ask me
1: i mean she already had one i guess but and i guess he was already the beneficiary but they submitted an application to increase it to the maximum
0: why do you need that why do you like no no, why do you, she's because then you just stay at, pass away stay at of natural home natural is not a deadly job though, like what are the odds of you dying being, or maybe she worked, I don't no. know, but like,
1: we all know some stay at home moms, like their fair share of
0: cocktails, yeah. alcohol and suicide, but I don't think life well, insurance pills, goes alcohol. out with, them. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding, but it's I think totally like sometimes, a, a sometimes time. they won't pay out if it's suicide, it's fucked up, but <sighs> sometimes they won't.
1: JJ had definitely been seen after the Yellowstone trip. He played with neighbor kids um, several times throughout September, actually. And Lori had even enrolled JJ in school on September third of twenty
0: nineteen. Mm-hmm.
1: But something happens, or something changes, and on September twenty fourth, Lori withdraws and pulls JJ out of school claiming that she's going to start homeschooling him. Hmm. She even hires a nanny to take care of J.J., uh, like, during the day. But, like, very soon, shortly after hiring her, I'm not sure exactly how soon, but she randomly fires her. She sends her a text and was like, we won't be needing your services anymore because J.J. is going to live uh, with his grandmother A.K.A. Kay. J.J. never went to go live with Kay. And when Kay finds out that, like, Lori had told this person this, she absolutely loses it because it's a very concerning red flag on J.J.'s whereabouts. Yeah. Um, And I'm pretty sure Kay found this out maybe from investigators, but I'm not sure. So the last known sighting of jj was actually jan um sorry not january um september 22nd so two days before Lori pulled him out of school there's a photo of him which is suggested to be the last known photo of him taken on the 22nd sorry it's kind of like blurry but it's just a photo of him like playing with a cup and string Aww. or something Tylie was never enrolled in school in idaho So that, I think, says a little bit of something. Yeah. Because she was 16-ish. She would Mm. have to, like,
0: go to school. I, I hate to say it from this point of view, but if you were to murder both children, it is going to be easier for you to murder Tylee and then JJ, not the other way around, because Tylee one can fight back and two would have like knowledge of oh you just hurt someone like if you're not doing it at the same time so it it just it would make more sense for Lori to go about it that way right but it it's just fucking sad because then how long would you imagine like jj was there without tiley and him just wondering like what's going on and
1: i did mention in part one how jj and i'll repeat it probably a few times jj and tiley were very close yeah Tylee was very loving towards him and very protective she was almost like another motherly figure to him and um they just had a very special bond so that just adds an extra heartbreaking element so yeah. While detained and awaiting trial, Lori and her lawyers, again, would make several attempts to lower her bail. Uh, The main argument held by the court to deny this and to reject lowering her bail or, you know, just sustaining the higher bail was Mm -hmm. that, dude, if you just tell us what you know about J.J. and Tylee's whereabouts, we can maybe talk about a lower bail,
0: yeah, like it's not that fucking hard unless you have something that you shouldn't like to do with it. Like you, like you kind of
1: have. You don't have the whole ball in your court, but you have you have a deck of you have a hand of cards and you gotta play them. So yeah. obviously, investigators are still investigating. They're building a case against Chad, against Lori as well. They're fucking doing the thing as much as they can of course they're looking at cell phone data belonging to alex cox and others as well but specifically the data on alex's phone showed him being at chad's property like several times um and random but significant times Mm. he was there september 6th for about 11 minutes which was two days before tiley's last sighting He was there again September 9th, which was a day after Tylee was last seen. And on September 9th, he was there for about two and a half hours. He was there again on September... Fuck me. I didn't put the date in my notes. It just says September for 17 minutes. Um, So basically, he was there again later in September, and I didn't...
0: But yeah interesting information these dates
1: basically and you know just showing him being on chad's property they already suspect something about chad's property because they've searched it um this gives them another reason to basically search it harder yeah so this is when shit gets blown wide open Remember, throughout the investigation, Lori's telling, and even Chad, he's telling people the kids are safe, the kids are okay. Lori's telling people, oh, they're off with their grandparents, they're off whatever, they're okay. But no one believes it. They're not opening their mouths, they're not cooperating, and investigators, I think, are grasping at anything they can because... Without cooperation, it's very hard. You're solely reliant on evidence. And so those phone records, they were like, okay, we need to search his house again. Yeah. At 7 a.m. June 9th, 2020, the Rexburg Police Department, the FBI, and Fremont County Sheriff's Office serve another search warrant to Chad Daybell's home. The warrant was sealed. Um, so that the media and other public couldn't really get a hold of exact details. They were trying to keep it a little under wraps, yeah. but it was definitely related to the search for J.J. and Tylee. Chad's whole street was blocked off to prevent a frenzy from the media. Um, I think, you know, he lived on about three or four acres of property, and I think it was like down a road. And I think they had that like I don't know how close his neighbors were, but I think just off the main road they had that area blocked off. Um but although the street was blocked off, helicopters were definitely swarming the skies. So, helicopter footage actually showed the multi-agency raid. Um not only searching his house, but again, a, like a strong focus on the backyard.
0: I remember seeing those photos. Yeah, oh. so
1: they were also searching his house, but there was an emphasis on the yard. The raid was described as an army of law enforcement, and they had at least one canine. I'd imagine they'd have more, but I know they at least had one. Mm-hmm. During the search, I just this blows my mind. um Chad was sitting in his car in his driveway, about a hundred yards away from his house, just watching the search take place the road take be place the
0: last place I would be as him <laughs> well <sighs> like is he doing it to try and be like, "Oh, I'm not afraid of anything like?" Well, in my mind,
1: I feel like maybe there might be certain um, protocols in place where Uh, they told him he has to be at least 100 yards away while they search. In case they
0: find something. But in
1: my mind, also, he's a person of interest. So why wouldn't you have him 100 yards away being watched by, like, an officer or something? Yeah. Um, Like, not detained, but, like, Well, if they're going
0: to... If they're going to say, like, you have to be here while we're doing the search, then, yeah, he, there should be an officer to make sure. Yeah. that. He, I, well, that I don't think he's there.
1: allowed to leave, but yeah. I, I don't think he was being as closely watched as you'd think,
0: in my opinion. Um, Considering that they're looking for two cons- missing children and he ha- probably had yeah. something to do with it.
1: He, there's a lot of information that would suggest he should be closely watched is all I'm yeah. saying. He, as he was sitting in his car watching the raid take place, he received an inmate phone call from his beloved wife, Lori. Oh my god. They, ugh, I just got goosebumps thinking about, ugh, the call. Because they played, um, the recording of the phone call in the documentary I watched. And, you know... It's like nothing is going on. Lori's just like, hey, baby, what's going on? I miss you so much. And Chad's like, oh, they're searching everything right now, the house, the yard. He's, like, super chill, very calm. Obviously, he knows, like, not to say any anything much. Yeah. But um, Lori, in return, is just, like, very calm but so loving. She's just like... Oh my god, baby, I'm so sorry. Is there anything I can do to help you? It must be so hard. Like, it's very creepy and gross. Like, just how in, like, la-la land they seem. Or at least, I don't know. It's like their own little heart bubble of sacrilegious love.
0: Yeah, I don't like it.
1: After starting the raid at dawn, about, you know, 7 a.m., It would only take a few hours to make a gruesome discovery. Um, Trigger warning, I will be covering in this next section, you know, like human remains. If that's not something you want to hear about, I understand. One of the first focuses um, of the yard that was searched was an area behind the home right next to or near a fire pit. Helicopter footage showed, you know, tarps and tents covering that area to protect Mm -hmm. the privacy of the investigation. Investigators started by removing a top layer of the earth, um, basically like a four foot by two foot patch of grass. They took up sod and topsoil, and under that was a layer of, like three large flat rocks, which was kind of unusual. So obviously they kept digging and under the rocks was some pieces of thin, um, wood paneling, but it seemed to be kind of disintegrated below the wood paneling was a layer of black plastic Investigative reporter and CBS News consultant Morgan Lowe, I think, has uh, covered this story since it popped. So she said she was on the scene of the dig and she said, quote, one of the crime scene investigators cut a hole in the top of this plastic and beneath the black plastic was some white plastic, like plastic bag. And they cut through that. One of the investigators on scene who was, you know, taking part, described how after cutting the plastic, he saw what looked like brown human hair, which was seemingly the same color as JJ's. As they continued to kind of unearth the plastic he saw what appeared to be a small body that was tightly wrapped in black plastic and covered in duct tape. Seven-year-old J.J. Vallo had been found.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Meanwhile, a second team of investigators were searching an area of the yard that the Daybell- Daybells referred to as their pet cemetery it was just 50 yards away from they had just found jj they started digging in an area and understandably dug up a cat and then a dog they kept digging until they found some strange objects they found a melted bucket and under the bucket there was a partial human skull
0: oh shit
1: What they just came across would be the remains of 16-year-old Tylee Ryan Vallow. Tylee's remains were not as intact. Unfortunately, because of the condition of Tylee's remains, it was very hard to tell exactly what happened to her or what her cause of death was, um, besides the fact that she had been dismembered and burned. Like, somebody attempted to um, get rid of her by dismembering and burning her, but then obviously found out that that's hard to do, and buried her. Mm. CBS News consultant Morgan Lowe thinks JJ may have still been alive when he was buried. She reported, quote, Why do you bind somebody's feet and hands and mouth and duct tape? You do it to keep them from yelling or talking. The way they found that body leads you to believe that JJ was still alive because you don't go through all that trouble to somebody who's already dead.
0: Stop.
1: JJ was dressed in red pajamas and placed inside a plastic bag with his ankles and wrists bound by duct tape. It was also reported that he had... An additional plastic bag over his head which suggests that he could have died from asphyx- asphyxiation
0: i mean like it either is terrible but i hope it was asphyx to be buried and these are your children i oh my god
1: after missing for about nine months jj and Tylie had finally been found Still in his car, Chad fucking Daybell either got wind that remains had been found or he noticed the commotion and like knew what was happening and he fucking like bolts. He just like, he's already in his car,
0: so he just pulls out of his driveway. That's why you fucking. (laughs) Sorry. was doing illegal shit that's why you need a fucking cop there that's what i'm saying what was the whole point either either he had some balls and he was doing it for fun to just to be there or like they're forcing him to whereas like sorry but y'all were dumbasses in this opinion and like in this situation because why did you leave him with keys in the car
1: and that's why I've being so funny to me earlier oh my God. because yeah cuz
0: I forgot about I yeah no Granted how did he like, he doesn't get, wind get very far
1: and okay. I don't know how long his street is that is blocked off because it seems you know kind of like a back road a private road type of thing um so I don't know how far down that road he lives And again, it was blocked off and it was, you know, guarded to prevent media from crossing through. But he gets pulled over about a mile away from his home. And I'm not sure if that's on that, you know, private road or somehow he got past it. But he doesn't make it very far regardless. He's immediately arrested. And that's at about 1130 a.m. June 9th and booked on two charges of concealment and distribution distribution or alteration of evidence and has a one million dollar bond. Kay and Larry get the phone call they had been dreading and were faced with the news of two sets of human remains being discovered on Chad's property during the raid. They were aware of the raid. They had gotten a phone call that morning as the warrant was being served or before it was being served so they were Probably anxiously sitting around, like, expecting some kind of news that day, um, <laughs> yeah. but ultimately they got the worst. So, Larry and Kay immediately go to Rexburg the next day, and at this point, police wanted a visual identification made of the remains they found, although they, you know, expe- like, they assumed it to be JJ and Tylee. Yeah. Larry and Kay were absolutely devastated in the documentary it showed them in their hotel room like Kay couldn't get out of bed she was just beyond herself and Larry you know bless his heart he you could tell he was trying to be strong but he was devastated and um, fortunately a family friend of theirs who were very familiar with JJ and Tylee who knew them well Um, him and his wife came to their rescue, kind of, and offered to go make the ID for them. And so their friend went and made the ID on Kay and Larry's behalf and confirmed the identification of JJ and Tylee. So now that the ID has been made, it's it's time to receive some damn justice. Dude,
0: thank God that those. Family friends were there because yeah. the emotional damage uh, that that would have done, yeah, to idea body, especially because they had just went for full custody. Yeah, that's, yeah. To think that you are going to have them around all the time, to n- realizing that you're never going to see them again—that's that's, that's life altering. Yeah, yeah.
1: The discovery of J.J. and Tylee's remains led prosecutors to file additional charges against Lori. This included two felony counts of conspiracy to commit destruction, alteration, or concealment of evidence. Lori and Chad both pled not guilty to all charges. Um, they were being tried separately. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know at this point we're still pre-trial it's like there's still there's so many small kind of hearings that happen before trials so uh things are still being worked out and actually at one point Chad's lawyer and his team request the entire case against Chad be dropped or be thrown out for what just based on the essence that they had no real evidence against him other than the remains being found on his property he ran away (laughs) yeah i don't know um but basically instead of anything being dropped or thrown out chad and Lori both get hit with more charges
0: yeah (laughs) as they rightfully should
1: may 14th or sorry may 24th 2021 a grand jury indicted Chad and Lori on several new felony charges, including first degree murder and conspiracy to commit murder. The time Chad and Lori has spent in jail at this point, you know, awaiting trial has been ongoing. As I said, you know, these things take time. Um you get you go and attend many small hearings regarding your case pre-trial and things often get pushed back, continued or reset, whatever. And people, mm-hmm. you know, depending on your p- uh, position, you you know, if it's the defense or prosecution, sometimes you want more time to prepare and get more evidence and more witnesses or whatever, so a lot of that happens on purpose, but on June 8th, 2021, Lori is committed to the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare institution thingy.
0: Yep, here we go. <laughs> what is she what what is what did they have to say about Miss Lori?
1: So as we've may as we may have noticed throughout this story, um Lori has like exhibited some behaviors that may be concerning to her welfare or her mental health. Um her yeah, definitely
0: noticed that. In
1: part one, I mentioned um, when her and Charles Vallow were still married, he was away on a business trip. He had come back, and when he came home, he was, like, locked out of the home, but Lori wasn't home. She had, like, taken the kids to a hotel. He called the cops, and, you know, there's body, body cam footage <coughs> of him Literally saying, like, I'm concerned for her mental well-being. She's threatened to kill me. She's been acting kind of strange lately, blah, blah, blah. So there have been concerns of her mental health way prior to this. But I, you know, as far as a a diagnosis goes, I don't see anything. There may have been... um, I wouldn't be surprised, but I didn't see that in my research, so I didn't include it because maybe I should have.
0: Well, I feel like it's always so hard with conspiracy theorists because what do you diagnose them with? Really, well, because like, or, like they're normal. I guess they're delusion. They on reality. Yeah, they're, they're, they're just like, so almost delusional. delusional. Yeah. Yeah. They do become delusional. Jinx. In their th- yeah, and their <laughs> thoughts of like, how like far this conspiracy will go they literally create a new reality around them and they are living in a completely separate plane than us like totally different dimension is it
1: a mental health thing or is it truly a a misunderstanding of
0: reality (laughs) yeah I that's kind of where because I'm like it's not like because that can be a symptom of she's schizophrenic she's BPD but even like all those other things it's like that doesn't not all conspirators fall under those lines and it's like, not they're just gullible. Yeah. And it's like your mental illness doesn't define who you are as a person. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was going somewhere with that, but yeah, I just like, I don't know. I, she seems cuckoo, but at the same time, like there isn't like a DSM five volume five title that you could really like throw her under, I guess.
1: I'm sure someone Maybe. could throw her under a few Someone's going to but... email
0: me and say actually there is <laughs> Well because you're wrong. <laughs>
1: a psychologist deemed her not fit for trial and a judge agreed she could not help in her defense and that's why she um got committed to the institute. So she could basically um under the agreement, she could be committed for up to 90 days before the judge reviews her competency again Um, or you know the team reviews it and not even a month later after being instituted or institutionalized a grand jury in Arizona indicted Lori Vallow Daybell for conspiracy to commit murder and the death of her fourth husband, Charles Vallow. Damn. She's just getting hit with it,
0: dude. For a conspiracy, she sure is getting a lot of conspiracy charges. <laughs>
1: yeah. She's living up to it. She is. So apparently the police reports from the incidents where her brother, Alex Cox, shot Charles Vallow in self-defense, which I mentioned in part one, um those in the police reports laurie and alex's stories and statements at times really contradict each other and that was that was a huge red flag and Mm -hmm. um it eventually led to her being charged with that and at this point alex is dead so and then i did read um i don't know major details but i did read chad dade bell was also charged with one count of murder in connection with the death of his late wife tammy dade bell because it was said at first that she passed away of natural causes and i think at first the family because of that rejected an autopsy because they were like oh she died of natural causes there's no point you go but then i think they had one done but the results have been sealed, so I'm not really sure um, as of now where that sta- stands. If
0: it's enough to bring a murder charge, then they definitely yeah. found something,
1: right? And he hired they uh, hired the life insurance policy to the maximum, <coughs> like right before her death. Both
0: of them, <laughs> so. both of them are not helping with the fucking life insurance. Like she was so pissed, when I mentioned greed tra- earlier. Well, yeah.
1: Love, lust, Both of greed, them. Yeah. midlife crisis, all of it.
0: I guess, like, Chad was upset that he wasn't this, like, great author, like, <laughs> Twilight. And so he just needed, I don't know, another way. That's his midlife crisis. And I don't know what the fuck is going on with Lori. She's just, I can't quite figure this chick out. She really... Me
1: either. ...irks the
0: shit out of me. I just...
1: yeah. <laughs> And I will note that before Lori got deemed unfit to stand trial, she was um, preparing to enter a plea deal. She wasn't going to face a jury trial. She was going to take a plea, mm. plea. Although I don't know details on what the plea was. But then yeah. she got um, entered into the institution. And at some point or at one point for whatever reasons it's probably because of the plea deal she reached prosecutors dropped the destruction alteration or concealment of evidence charges against both Chad and Lori um and uh-huh. Lori isn't actually deemed fit to stand trial until very recently April 11th of this year 2020
0: 2022
1: damn yeah so she stayed way longer than her 90
0: days or whatever it was because it was... She seemed pretty freaking delusional, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, So she
1: was ordered to be released from the Department of Health and Welfare Facility with her arraignment set for April 19th, 2022. And um, an arraignment is basically just a hearing where... You discuss the status of your case and where mm. it's headed, basically. Mm-hmm. and I'm so I'm sure they probably discussed her plea and um, all of that. So uh, in Chad's case, he has continued to claim his innocence. His children that um, from his marriage with Tammy, they also truly believe um, Chad is innocent. In an interview with CBS 48 Hours, they say that their father is innocent and that he had no idea the remains of the two children were even buried on his property and that they were secretly buried there to frame him. Mm. They also say their mother died of (laughs) asphyxiation Asphyxiation. Though authorities had not released her cause of death at that point, like I said, the it was sealed, kind of. But I'm sure maybe the family has an idea, but who knows. Chad Daybell, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this in uh, part one when I was discussing his background a little bit. Chad mm-hmm. Daybell was once a gravedigger.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that.
1: So that is also very suspicious. But his children pointed out that the shallowness... I didn't really point out the shallowness of the graves JJ and Tally were found in, but they weren't, like, super deep. Mm -hmm. So Chad's children pointed out that the shallowness of each grave seems a rookie mistake, especially for someone like Chad, a man who used to be a gravedigger. And they also pointed out how if... Like, their dad is a smart man. If he were to ever do something like that, he wouldn't put the evidence on his property, basically. They're in an area where there's miles and miles of, like, land and wilderness. He wouldn't do that.
0: But then why would you drive away as soon as the bodies were found on your property? I don't know. That is, like, not something that an innocent. Even if you were to freak out, it's... Right, like,
1: you don't run unless you're guilty, it's, if you watch Cops enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just like, you know, you can, you can be delusional and still not go to a mental health facility, so best of luck to those children, because that's a tough situation, because if you, I either your dad's an innocent man, which, I mean, <clears throat> not likely, but either that or he killed your mom, and two children and that's horrible to think that like yeah your dad is capable of something like that
1: yeah Mm. um so still as of now chad maintains his not guilty plea and um is facing a jury trial and in which he will face the death penalty, oh, he he truly shit. like he's truly he's standing on the it. grounds that he's not guilty. He's going Damn. that far. so that I mean, to me, that says something, but still, I truly I refuse to believe that he wasn't at least aware of anything that was yeah, going on, which it, makes him guilty. It so. makes
0: it interesting for sure, but I, it regardless, okay, so whatever you ran away cause you freaked out fine. Nine months these children were gone, and you were living with the woman that, like, I don't care how nice her vajayjay is, you do not stay with this woman and not question and just like take her. Oh, okay, well they're here, and you have no evidence of it. Like, the evidence in the house shows that basically the two of them were just living there. You have a storage filled with shit that he probably at one point helped her move. It's like no, what? he was
1: shown on the security yeah. footage. So like at what the storage you- unit with her
0: so like what do you think that she's doing with all of these it's just there's you're not that stupid you want to say that men are so smart like okay then fine you knew what was going on like i don't take you for that much of an idiot as you say like uh, no i'm not buying it it's just yeah best of luck to those children i don't have something nice to say so i'm just gonna shut my mouth
1: like, I do believe Alex Cox had a, hu- a bigger part in it than maybe Chad, but Chad definitely knew what was going on.
0: Yeah, you're and, not, in, like, you're not that dumb.
1: Yeah. Kay and Larry had some things to say about Lori and her stint in the mental health facility. Mm-hmm. Kay said she has learned to play the system and she has snubbed judges' orders all the way down the road. Larry said, we never believed that she was incompetent. It's a charade, charade. In closing, um, you know, I I really couldn't find much on JJ entirely other than kind of a lot of what I've already said is that they were bright young children. They were very close and had a special bond, um... You know, JJ, although autistic, was a happy, playful young boy, loved his scooter, and Tylee was very much a mother figure to him and was loving and protective over him. Mm. Um, Joshua Jackson, aka JJ Vallow, was seven years old. Tylee Ryan Vallow was 16 and um Kay and Larry and their family released a statement in regards you know to their remains being found and you know they disclosed information about a burial that had not been planned yet and but I've been in, I've included just a few quotes from their statement in closing so um the first one is to the countless people who have loved and come to our Come to love our angels, JJ and Tylee. We thank you for the endless prayers and kind words of encouragement. You have truly uplifted and carried us through this nightmare. For that, we can never express the depth of our gratitude. We are humbled by the kindness of strangers and unity shown in hopes of finding the kids. On June 9th, our worst fears were confirmed with the discovery of our beloved Tylie Ashland Ryan, 16, and Joshua Jackson Vallow, 7. We are utterly devastated trying to comprehend how our children, full of bright light and jubilance for life, ended at the hands of those who were supposed to love and protect them. We look forward to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to give us even the tiniest bit of relief— from this unfathomable pain and ultimately find some peace.
0: That's pretty, I don't even know, no words. Yeah,
1: this one was just like rough to get through and.
0: It was rough to see it play out in real time. So to hear it again and kind of like the details that I missed when reading this case, it, yeah, it's a hard, all of them are hard, but.
1: Uh. Right. I mean, well, and also just
0: like me why... doing a
1: two-parter and then something, you know, like my brother passing away and having to revisit a story I was working on in the midst of it, it was just like, it was really hard to finish. And I, you know, part of me is like, oh, I really feel like I could have done better and but it was really hard to focus my attention on something so devastating yeah. when, yeah, everything is just devastating, so.
0: Well, thank you for doing this case and giving a voice for them because it's something that needs to be heard. Because it, our system isn't going to change until the voices of everyone that's suffering is heard and, like, it's loud enough to force a change because they're, unfortunately, not the only family. Kay and... I'm sorry, I forgot the grandpa's name. Larry. Kay and Larry aren't the only family that are going through something like this right now where, like, months have gone by and they can't get a move on with the system or it's, like, slow... at a slow pace and it's just... It can cost lives at the end of the day, and people need to fucking wake up and realize that. And we need to start giving a little bit more of a fuck for our citizens and, like, everyone around us. It doesn't even matter if you're a citizen or not, but, like, just fucking people, you know? Well, thank you for doing that. I know it was definitely not hard to do or hard to do and talk about, but I think you did a great job. And I did not get confused with the timeline, so. Thank you. Sorry, that's my, <laughs> that's my mom yelling at my son. Uh, well, until next time, guys, be sure to like, comment, subscribe. Uh, if you want to send us an email, you are more than welcome to do so. At. Uh- r-a-r pod R- <laughs> at r-a-r-w
1: podcast <laughs> and red rum and red wine podcast at gmail.com
0: and we'll see you next wednesday probably hopefully maybe <laughs> fingers crossed i get it all done in time <gasps> oh but yeah mm-hmm. bye guys Bye.